Welcome to the Tummy Team Journey Podcast. I'm Kelly Dean, physical therapist and founder of the Tummy Team. This podcast shares the personal journeys of Tummy Team clients as they restore their core and pursue being strong to be pain-free and connected for the life they were meant to live. This is Kelly Dean. Welcome back to the Tummy Team Journey podcast. We have a really great interview for you this week with one of our professionals. She's a midwife that works in Switzerland or yes, Switzerland. Uh, she, uh, yeah, well, I'll explain why I had to think about that for a second. Um, her name is Kirsten Zimmerman and she's been trained with us for, oh, you know, almost two years, I think. And I'm excited to talk a little bit about what work she does and kind of her experiences with diastasis recti, with pregnancy, with postpartum recovery, um, with delivery, all of that good stuff. So hi, Kirsten. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Kelly. Good to be here. Hi. So Kirsten and I talked a little bit before we started recording and English is not her first language. So she, um, She's going to do her best, and I think she's very easy to understand, but, you know, she's a little self-conscious about that, but it's going to be fine. Kirsten, can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, a little bit about you um, as a person, your family, your your career a little bit, just whatever you want to share? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a midwife, as you said. I work in Switzerland in a hospital um, since 20 years in the meantime and I do pregnancy controls in hospital I do deliveries and I do postpartum recovery controls Um, the work as a midwife is a little bit different in Switzerland than it is in the US so I work very um, self um, independent right word self-reliant yeah independent right in hospital so we don't have obstetrician doctors um, in-house. All obstetricians have a practice outside. And we do um, pregnancy controls and births or deliveries of self-reliance. And you just have to call the doctors if they're needed, if there are problems with baby or mom. And most of the time, we just work on our own. Right. Do you would you say that most deliveries are done with a midwife in Switzerland, or would you say that there are um, more OB deliveries as well if they started with an OB? Well, it's not possible to have an OB delivery in Switzerland because you always have to have a midwife. You have to have a midwife, but you don't have to have a doctor. So it's the opposite side than in the US. Oh, I see. It's a good thing for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you have a lot of hands-on. They're your clients, right? Right. I have a lot of time for my clients. We're with women in labor. Um, we have time for um, to coach, um, to massage, uh, to do massages, uh, to do all kinds of stuff. We really still have time for them. They're not alone. Um, yeah, we're really with women working together with them. That's awesome. Um, how how did you um, hear about the tummy team? How did you get involved in kind of looking at diastasis recti and um, kind of all of the other things related to that? What was that part of your journey? Well, that's 
that's a long story. <laughs> Nearly since, since I'm a midwife, I work also as a pre and postnatal trainer. I give classes in postnatal training. And I did a lot of education on this field, like yoga and Pilates and all professional training, pelvic floor stuff. And um, I loved to do that over the years. And I knew, I knew what a diastasis recti was, and I knew it not good. I knew how to test it, but I didn't know how to treat it because I thought that this is the, uh, the thing for a physiotherapist. This is a muscle issue, and the physiotherapist is the professional um, for that. And did physical therapists in Switzerland actually treat this condition? Do they? No, they no. <laughs> I standard people, the women who had a diastasis right after my, my courses, well, I have to start first. And the first um, lesson, when I gave my classes, I tested if people have a diastasis recti. And my own aim um, in thinking, if I do a good, course with women they are going to close the gap at the end of my course then i'm a good trainer so that was my personal aim that everybody closes their diastasis but this is it was a stupid idea so it's not possible so i know that today um but at the end of my classes there were always one or two women who did not close the diastasis and i sent them back to the physiotherapist and it point years ago a few women come came back to me reached out to me and they said Kirsten the physiotherapist didn't know what to do with me she didn't know what a diastasis was or she didn't know which exercises or people told me that they were um, told to do exercises which I said before in my course they shouldn't do which would be contraproductive so hmm, I was like Okay, I have to check out somebody who knows about these issues. And I was looking for a physiotherapist um, who knew what to do, and I didn't find anybody. And so I was quite disappointed, but I wanted to help those women. So I reached out for information, everything I could get. And in my German language, there was not many information about it. There was only one physiotherapist from Germany who has great experience in, in diastasis treatment, who wrote already a book in the 1970s with a whole <laughs> chapter about diastasis. But she has really good things there, and she has a lot of experience, but she was totally neglected by the professionals. She was never heard, and I don't know why. Still today, I don't know why. So um, I reached out for her and did trainings with her, and I tried to get all the information and the experience she made, and I learned a lot with her. And then I started to treat my women after my classes who still had a diastasis one-to-one. And I just, in the beginning, years ago, it was just that I try if it works. I, let's see what happens. And it came out really good. So um, my progresses with people was much better than they did with a lot of physiotherapy. And this was my motivation to get knowledge about the diastasis. This was like a starting point where I was like a little bit, yes, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my friend always said, you're obsessed about diastasis. <laughs> We all kind of get a little obsessed, I think, when we start realizing. Really a passion it, because women need help for this issue. And 
the only way I found the treatment in, in Switzerland there was for women was a surgery. And I'm a midwife. I don't believe that every second woman needs a surgery after birth to fix the, the, her muscles. That's not logical. Nature is so great. So surgery can't be the solution. So um, I tried to get all the information I could get in German. It was not too much. And... <laughs> From a certain point, I had the great idea to ask Mr. Google in English about diabetes. And then I got a lot of information, like too much information, where I had to filter what's good information and what's more like layperson information. And I did several trainings with um, different people from the US, like Diane Lee and Katie Bowman. And um, thing what I did. Then was in 2018, I started with a Tupler professional in New York, which is funny mm -hmm. because you started as a Tupler trainer two years, years ago. And um, I did the Tupler professional training, um, which was really great because I met Chiara and Catherine, who are both tummy team practitioners too. Um, I did the, the Tupler training, which was a good thing to get information but was not enough for me at this point i already knew more than a standard protocol a standard approach um i missed the link to the pelvic floor and the whole body approach for me the diastasis is a whole body issue and not the belly, the belly button you know what i mean right yeah um i came back and i had two ladies who i knew um, Chiara and Catherine, um, with whom I could discuss and troubleshoot and share information. And this was really, really great. Great. It was so worthful to meet both of them. They're both European, so we are not far away. We can meet each other and share information, share practical things. It was so cool. And to your question from the beginning, Catherine mm -hmm. was the one who did the tummy team training at first, and she told mm -hmm. about me, and she said, hey, you have to do it. That's really great. It's so cool. And then we we didn't hesitate. We just did it. <laughs> me, we just did it together because we wanted to to discuss with, with each other. This was really good. It was not the, only, the, the first training which we made together. We were just um again sharing the information what do you think about it and it's so worthful to have somebody a professional who is has the same passion as you to share and not to explain a lot of things yeah that just knows what i mean when we talk about this really deep specialized stuff it's so cool so um yeah i did the tummy team practitioner which was really cool i appreciated it um, I agreed with everything you said in the training. Um, it was cool to have somebody at the other end of the world who does um, a very similar approach. Yeah, because very validating. Kind of alone. I, I felt kind of, I'm the only one talking about that, treating this. And professionals came to me and said what are you doing why are you doing are you sure you're doing the right thing and that was kind of like hmm, am I really right and you, you came and you told exactly the same what I did and it, it was okay she approved it and she does 
the same thing. So it's really cool. Her experience is. Yeah. I love that you guys created that community between Katrin and Chiara and you. And you guys are like, you know, one's in Italy and one's in Germany and one's in Switzerland. And you guys have like your little group and, and you aren't alone. And that was part of um, why we created the tummy team training as well is not just like some education classes, but I really wanted a community where we could share information and learn from each other. And I had already, um, I remember when I started really digging into this, I felt a little bit alone too. I felt like I was, there were a lot of people doing cool things, but it was all just pieces of the puzzle in my mind. And I feel like I was able, and I don't, I don't cover every piece of the puzzle. There are a lot of pieces that I don't cover, but the things that I really felt like um, met my um, kind of my scope of practice and my mindset, I kind of gathered from some of the people you mentioned there and as well as other training and training I had um, from being a brain injury rehab specialist and all kinds of stuff and pulled it all together. And, and then I was like, I don't want everybody that decides to do this work to have to pull it all together. Like I've pulled it all together and there's more stuff to learn. We're all learning and, and sharing what we're learning. Um, but, but let's have a place where you can kind of gather a good comprehensive up to date um, amount of information and help people on, you know, what's interesting, help people in a lot of different types of practice. You're a midwife, but Kara is a, a, you know, a personal trainer and Katrin's a physical therapist and I'm a physical therapist. So like we all are kind of coming at it slightly differently from what we do, but we're still treating clients with the same issues. Um, we're just looking at what, what feels organic from our, you know, kind of our scope of practice and also what we're already doing with our clients, what kind of naturally fits in. Um, and, and, you know, you talk, you talked a bit about kind of seeing them after delivery. At what point did you start, and maybe you did this at the very beginning, when did you start checking clients during their pregnancy for diastasis? When did you start maybe looking for it earlier in the, in the process? I started it right after the Tammy team practitioner, actually. I didn't, I, I don't know, dare to do it before I did um, prenatal classes in a course. And there I trained the deep core muscles and pelvic floor. And this were all kinds of things which I addressed. But especially um, the diastasis thing and the core weakness thing, I do one-to-one with clients since I had the birth professional training with you because Mm -hmm. this made me much more confident that it's valuable and I did it I think with two patients of mine who I knew from the diastasis treatment with their first child and then they reached out for me being pregnant with their second and after birth it was so easy to fix everything to give them back strength in their core which was much harder after the first birth and that was so cool so i started to do the prenatal core training 
um, which would be the best thing people could get. But nobody cares about it when they are pregnant. They have so many things to do. So their own core seems to be the last thing they care about. They don't realize. Yeah, they don't realize. Unless they're really hurting or they had a really difficult birth recovery in a previous birth, then they might be a little bit more aware to do something about it. Um, but it is it is interesting how we kind of think, oh, I'll deal with that later. But if we can and when we can address this early, as early as possible in the pregnancy and get that connection and that awareness, not only is it going to help with the birth recovery, but it helps with their pregnancy and it helps with their birth. Right. And and sometimes um, I think the first birth, we all are kind of overwhelmed by the whole thing. And we we don't necessarily think about the things that could be difficult. I mean, we know birth is going to be hard, but we don't we don't know what we don't know. Right. So if something does is difficult, then the next time around, usually people are a little bit more motivated to to let's do something different so my body doesn't fall apart or so the labor is not so scary or so my pregnancy isn't so miserable and and you know you have those tools but we're still always kind of it, it's interesting how it, you have to be really um you have to you have to kind of really convince the clients that this is what we need to be doing ahead of time so that later it's going to be better I want um, pregnant women to reach out as soon as they have pain somewhere in the back, feet, um, where, wherever, because um, the body tells you there's pain if, or a tense muscle, which is it very often in pregnancy, and a tense muscle is a weak muscle. So if you address that exactly when the, the pain is beginning, you can give so much release you can address your weak muscles you can strengthen your core in pregnancy a lot of people don't dare to use the abdominal muscles in pregnancy why not i know bizarre the delivery when you shut off your your abdominals for half a year nobody can this doesn't feel good you have to be strong for birth i know i i i sometimes talk about it like we're asking people to train for a marathon, but telling them not to use their legs for six months or nine months. You know, like you would never do that. And and I'm not saying that the abdominals are what push the baby out, but the abdominals support the uterus that needs to be in the right alignment to push the baby out. And the um, abdominals are what's going to pull your body back together after the baby's out where you feel like a bowl full of jello, right? And you need to... to hold your baby up to nurse them 13 hours a day, you know? So we, we have to think that this is an athletic event that people are going into, not just the birth, but the birth, the newborn care is an athletic event, right? And so um, how can we, we stay connected? And I think, I think the, the confusion maybe came when we all got caught up in the only way to use the abdominal muscles is doing traditional sit-ups and crunches. And we quickly learned that can't be good for the pregnancy because we see that tenting and that bulging that happens. And there was, a, there was something intuitive that said, oh, I don't think that's good. 
So if we don't do that, we can't do anything. And that's where we're where we have to fill in that missing piece in the education world that the core is not crunch muscles. The core is that transverse that holds you up and holds the uterus in a good position for optimal fetal alignment. And then the whole core and pelvic floor coordination and disassociation for pushing. Like how many, how many of your our clients have gone through a childbirth ed class and gone through all this stuff and nobody's even mentioned the coordination required for pushing. Um, and that's like, alone, that's like the, the, the biggest, the scariest, most intense yeah. part of pregnancy, yeah. you know? So how can like, we actually train them to know what muscles do what in that time so that they are prepared. And it's, it, everybody's like, Oh my gosh, I wish I had this knowledge with my other births, you know? And if some so much self-confidence to go in a birth. A birth is always scary. That's normal because you never know what happens. Mm -hmm. But the self-confidence people gain when they feel the abdominals still working in pregnancy, when they can do a transverse hold 41 weeks pregnant. It's so cool. They just feel strong. They feel self-confident to do every position they want where they feel comfortable in labor. It's so cool to see how they move and how to get up after birth and how the muscles react totally different right after birth. Yes. Right after delivery. How they stand just a few days after birth, totally different. If you teach them how to, to get up correctly with no pressure in your belly, how they, their posture is much better for recovering. It's so cool when I came in five days after birth and they just stand there in such a good posture. And I see their, their posture, their bellies. And yeah, it's, it's, it's totally different. When, when I teach people before, it's so, ah, it's, so, it's, it's so cool. And this is my motivation to, to, to do it. Because yeah, I see it's so rewarding. People it's, it's so cool. It's so rewarding. It's so rewarding. And, um, and and you you really see an impact and i i especially love for myself when i um get to see somebody that maybe i saw post i didn't see prenatal with their first or a previous delivery and i saw them postpartum and then i got to see them prenatally and postpartum with a, a another delivery and the night and day difference in that person is um in their experience um and even sometimes there's things that unexpected things that happened in the second delivery where they, they did have to have a C-section or baby was breached or there was something weird going on that they couldn't expect. They still came out on the other side of that birth so much stronger and so much more confident about the whole experience yeah. than, you know, even when something like that unexpected happened, they were still felt very prepared and very, um, you know, good in their body. and that's been interesting. When we um, talk about that whole kind of coordination with the core and the pelvic floor with bowel movements and stuff prior to delivery and then in delivery, have you seen that in the births kind of with the clients you've worked with translate that they um, have a much better understanding of how to push during the pushing phase? Hmm. 
This is a good question. This is really a good question. We try, or hmm, I see, you know, I lead my own clients to the deli to delivery, and I never let clients or women push the baby out like on a it's like go 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 push push push. Right, right, right. Do that because um, it's a reflex. It's the ejection reflex, which right. makes women push their baby out as soon as the head of the baby touches the pelvic floor. You have the urge to push. And women push their baby out and they push out in the right way. They right. never help. I never saw a woman holding their breath in and bearing down and getting. No. Yeah. That whole coach pushing is no, messed up. No, yeah. never. Um, they never do the Valsalva maneuver. Uh, is that called? Is mm -hmm. that the English word for that? Mm -hmm. They never do it on their own. They just do it if you advise them to do it. And this is a, such an old thing. If when obstetricians say, just take a breath, hold your breath in and bear down. And I, as a midwife, I said, no, stop it. You know, that's mm -hmm. my turn. I'm the midwife and I tell the woman how she should do that. Please shut up. <laughs> well, you know, we actually, we actually um, have a blog that we did quite a while ago and, on to push or not, or um, to push or not to push, you know, or like to coach or not to coach. And, um, and we talk about this in the, in the education I did with you, because there's actually a lot of research that shows that actually coached pushing has an increased amount of um, complications yeah. than uncoached pushing. Yeah. Um, and so our hope is, but then I think about these to go to, to wait a second, that I think about these these clients that are really scared and have no idea what's really going to happen. And they've watched a lot of shows where people have coached pushing mm -hmm. a lot of movies and whatever. Um, and and they, they think that that's what they need to do. So I feel like doing some education and some pre preparation prior to so they know what to expect. And my big thing is I always tell them um, to inform because most of our clients don't have somebody that's trained in this work at, um, at their delivery. So I always just say in their birth plan, say, I prefer not to be coached unless, unless there's something going wrong. You know, if something's going wrong, I'm not doing something right. Baby's in a weird position and they need that, that coaching, you know, but otherwise I say, you know, just say, I'd rather, I, I'd rather you not coach me during pushing unless there's some kind of, there's some kind of emergency, you know, um, and then that's why you're there, you know. It's the opinion of, of us midwives too. just let women do what they need because their body tells them what to do. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, we're there to coach them in the, to push in the right way. Right. Um, but I, I know that there are like, I call them old fashioned obstetricians, old fashioned midwives who still um, advise to bear down, which is not, good yeah this is a midwife discussion under midwives uh, we know that it is not good but it is still done and that's very sad i know yeah yeah you um this is also a question i didn't tell you i was going to ask you but we'll see just what you think um when you were saying how you could see the difference in the posture and how how the mama held themselves after delivery um, I'm curious if what you've seen in terms of postpartum 
depression, postpartum anxiety, postpartum like disconnect. Um, what what I have seen is that my clients that get the core rehab care, and especially if we ha- have the opportunity to splint them and connect to their core, I see a dramatic um, impact on some of those symptoms. I know there's some chemical and hormonal components, but I can, especially in postpartum anxiety, I can see that just go right down. I'm curious if you have noticed that, if you've even paid attention to that, or if that's something you've noticed in your, in your work. I'm working too short to tell you about that. I should see people or women earlier, uh, right after birth to, to tell you something about that. I work with them till the day to the delivery. Mm-hmm. And then I see them in my consultation hour about four or six weeks after birth. Um, that's realistic because before they don't want to, to leave the house or they don't right. want to organize themselves. And before I just, I'm in contact per email or per phone. So, and that's, that's um, a thing which I can't uh, tell you if they don't see them them far enough after delivery to kind of see what's going on. Yeah. For the first weeks. But what I can tell you is the the self-confidence about their body and the awareness of their belly, how to use the belly and what's right and what's wrong and not feeling like falling apart, just feeling like, okay, this is my belly and my belly needs a massage or I know how to deal with this weakness because then I, I take my splint. It's, um, it's really worthwhile. That's really, really good. And women love it. And it's they fun. tell me that it's much better um, with this care with a second or third child than the experience they had um, with previous um when they're technically stronger in those first pregnancies, right? Um, they haven't had as many births. And so we kind of assume that they're stronger in those earlier pregnancies, but they actually have a better experience because it's more it's more focused care. Although yeah. you could think that they're weaker when they got three or four children. They're not. They don't feel weaker. They feel much stronger because they have more information and they know how to deal with such a pain in the back okay i have to stretch my lovely stretch which i learned which will help me oh okay i have to to take my splint or they know how to troubleshoot in certain situations because they learned how to listen to their body and that's and you give them tools and and you give them these tools that really is empowering and validating and it's not just like oh you're pregnant yep you're going to be miserable no you know or you know, yep, you're about to give birth. So your back's going to hurt, you know, maybe, but maybe there is stuff we can do about that. Um, Yeah, I I think that's, that's interesting. Have you, uh, do you still do some of your um, postpartum classes? Or do you work one on one with most of your clients at this point? I do. I do both. Also, I'm (laughs) like, um, I don't know where my time is coming from. I do both because I love it. That's my passion. And I sometimes I take women from the one-to-one sessions right to my course because I, I tell them I want to see you once a week just doing exercising and just control your core and just telling you how to troubleshoot a little bit. Um, 
yeah, I still, I still do my classes. I think that's great. I think it's great on a couple of levels. Like I don't do, um, I stopped doing group work quite a while ago because as a physical therapist, I really, um, I, I couldn't, I couldn't ignore like all the other compensation patterns in each individual and I couldn't treat each individual in that group setting. So it was a little bit challenging, but what I did feel like and what we've created in other ways is there's the community, um, it, the community of getting those women together and not feeling like they're the only one and working, you know, alongside of other women. And, and I think that community is super important. We've created some of that community online with our forum and um, we have such a great, uh, great and amazing group of women that are just open and encouraging to each other so that they don't feel alone. Cause I think that isolation, not just as that we felt as practitioners when we were learning this, um, so many women feel like everybody else bounced back. Nobody else is having this problem because I don't know if people just don't talk about it a lot or um, I'm not sure, sure exactly all the reasons, but I think that as soon as women notice that, oh, I'm not the only one and not only am I not the only one, but there's all these people that experience this and are better you know, and, and, and feel better and have had a better experience. That's another reason we do this podcast, right? Is to help people know that another person has had a similar journey than you and has, and is on the journey. They're not stuck. They're moving forward. And, um, and it's life giving, you know, to know that we're, we're not alone in it, I think. That's, that's so valuable in the classes. You know, I have eight women in my classes. And I have quite a few women who come back like every half, one and a half years. I have women who are eight or nine time in my class because they have so many children. And when they come in and I see them, okay, hello, you're here again. And they um, tell the other uh, women who have born only one baby, I have been here several times with person and you know, this will be all right. Um, you will be stronger right after this course. This is really cool. When they share each other, they share experiences, they talk to each other. They sometimes they're my friends, you know. Yeah. Um, so this is really this is really good. That's why I love to give courses to to classes. Yeah. yeah, it's good. It's good. What what is something that you wish other professionals, maybe midwives, so we'll talk about midwives since that's your or birth professionals in any way, what is something that you wish was in the basic training um, for birth professionals? Just like that they didn't have to get additional training for, you know, that you've learned along the way that you think this should be in our regular training. What is something, can you think of something? The difference, what, what you mentioned before, the difference that abdominal training or the abdominals is not the same as the deep core understanding how the, the function of the deep core, pelvic floor, transverse abdominis, and the diaphragm is working together and how important it is for pregnancy. Um, this is neglected. This I didn't learn anything about that in my midwife studying. And um, this would be a big understanding in how the body works, the function of the body. Yeah, not yeah. for midwives, also for obstetricians. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I've heard that before from another midwifery student that I interviewed that's done training with us is, you know, she's like, it's interesting that we don't even um, get education about the anatomy of the abdominals. Um, you know, everything's, and it's all, it's all combined. Anatomy of the abdomen, abdominals is separated like it's for the C-section part, what you mm -hmm. cut and what you have to sew together. And we know where the muscles are placed. And I see them when we do a C-section. I know where they should lay. <laughs> but if you ask an obstetrician, I had um, a discussion about that last week, that an obstetrician told me, I don't know really the function about the abdominals, how they work together. What you would expect, which muscles fires first if you make a sit-up, for example. Right. That, that, I was totally disappointed because I thought, well, you... Are a prof you're a doctor and you do abdominal surgery, but you don't know anything about the function. And then we learn about um, the place where the muscles lay in your body and the abdominals, and there's the pelvic floor, and we separate it in our mind. But that there's a co contraction and a synergism of pelvic floor and transverse and diaphragm. Um, this is not. Seen. The importance of breathing is not seen in our profession, and it's so important for function. Cute. Women that's, a, that's a cue. That's basic. And yeah, information would be very, very important. Were you taught in your training um, to check for a diastasis? Were you well, in, in the postnatal training, yes, yes, that it is important to check. How to check it, but, but what to do? Then, yeah, information ended. <laughs> and I think I that that's good. I think that that's how us as clients kind of feel like what happened if if our midwife or OB checked us, and a lot of times we have to ask for them to check us because we're like, "What the heck is this?" You know, um, they they didn't voluntarily check usually. Um, if they checked. Um, then there's nothing else. They're like, oh, yeah, you have a diastasis. And that's where the conversation ends. That's it. That's it. Right? Like, okay, what do I do about that? And, and, and the common thing is like, it might get better on its own, or you might want to get surgery after you're done having kids. That tends to be, you know, the options people are given, which is so um, disappointing. And and I'm trying, like, that's part of this Diastasis Recti Awareness Month. Um, and all of the work that we do in our professional education is to respect that this is, this is just a gap in our knowledge. We can't, we can't know everything. And it's interesting, as we learn it, we think everybody should know this. But then I go back in time in my own self and go, I didn't know it. I didn't know it until I knew it. Right. And that's where a lot of professionals are at. They don't know, um, but they're often put in a position of authority over a client telling them information that they actually don't have the either up to date, accurate, um, you know, information to give the client. And so we're trying to look at ways to fill in that gap. And not everybody is going to train to the extent that we have trained in this, but there are components that we could add that at least all professionals know how to check for it, 
know what kind of rehab will work for it, can maybe get resources to get them to those types of specialists. I know there's not a lot of them, but there are, like we're online, so we see everybody everywhere. And we also can connect people to people to local practitioners because we have a network of local practitioners. So just trying to um, recognize that there is a hole in our knowledge base across the board, birth professionals, fitness professionals, rehab professionals, medical professionals. And this is not a cosmetic issue. This is not a untreatable issue. This is something that affects people's overall health and well-being um, and needs to be and can be treated. So we're trying to find ways that we can do that. And I think that talking to different professionals about what they see within their their kind of practice world that would be the most relevant, you know, that most relevant education, just the basic education. And then from there, you know, some some people are going to go d- dive deeper, don't you think? Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. that's great. What's the hardest thing for you? What's the hardest thing for you um, in, you know, professionally um, doing this work? Uh, you know, like I want I want to kind of finish with what's we'll finish with what the, the greatest thing about doing this work is, which you've kind of touched on already. But but what's the most challenging um, part of the work that you do? Is it is it working with other professionals? Is it convincing clients that? this will work? Is it, do you, what, what's challenging? Right in the moment now, the most challenging thing is that I don't have more time than 24 hours a day. I have such a long waiting list of people waiting for me because there's, people are talking to each other mouth to mouth and Mm -hmm. obstetricians know me in the meantime. There are hernia doctors who know me because of the COVID restrictions. They had to cancel a lot of um, they asked this surgeries and people came to me and they did the training and they don't need surgeries anymore. So they reached out to me, what are you doing? Um, you do a good job. And so they um, tell clients to come to my practice and I have such, it's it's a big, um, um, what's, what's the English word? People reach out for me and want to have appointments very quickly, and I can't give them a quick appointment. There's a high demand, but there's not enough practitioners. Right, high demand. I need more professionals who do this work. And I'm very disappointed that there are not a lot of people reaching out for me, asking me, what did you do? I would like to do the same. I never met a person. I have a lot of physios who come to me to see me to be treated, but they don't want to do the work. So I'm Which is so strange because it's so rewarding. It's so rewarding. I don't know why, you know, but on the other hand, um, that's what we are discussing in our little team a lot. Since about five years, I do nothing else except Aesthetics, core training, information, professional trainings, reading studies, discussing. It's, it's, I do nothing else. It's so much information which we have to bring together to one point. Um, mm-hmm. And people are reaching out from whole Switzerland. They, they drive two or three hours. And I see really severe diastasis. Um, the cases are not really easy to treat. Some, sometimes I have to tell them, hmm, I never saw that. Um, we have to troubleshoot. Let's try mm-hmm. and see if 
it works. And uh, yeah, the success is so cool. It's so cool um, that it works, that the, the work we do is so successful. People can, can treat their diastasis without surgery. It's so great. Yeah. I wish to have more professionals who are interested um, mm -hmm. and who want to be educated in a theme. That's what my theme is right in the moment. Yeah. You're, you're a few years behind me. And what's going to happen is you're going to start training people in Switzerland. You're going to, you're going to be a trainer. Somebody has to do it. Somebody has to. You're, yeah. You're going to end up training people. Um, and I will support you along the way and help you do that. <laughs> it would be so great. <laughs> because that's honestly what we, we need to train more people. We need more people doing this work. Um, there are far more clients than there are practitioners. There's, um, you know, we just need more workers and it's, it's rewarding work. It's, um, it's, it's great work. So we just need people to have a heart for it, to do this work and to get involved. So if you're listening right now to this podcast and you want to do this work, you need to reach out to us at the Temi team and we will help get you connected either through our resources or other resources to help you do this work. What would you say, Kirsten, before, this is our last question before we kind of sign off. What would you say is the most, the best thing about your job? The feedback of my clients. The smile on their faces and their thankfulness when they leave. Um, when they tell me, I'm so glad I met you. Um, this is great. Yeah. 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 It is very rewarding. It's very rewarding. Well, I'm glad I met you too. I'm glad that our paths kind of came together and I've had the opportunity to work with you and to share some of our education and train you. But I, I learned just as much from you guys as um, you learned from me. And I, I love the collaboration that we have here at the Tummy Team with our professional um, training and our group of uh, amazing um, practitioners around the world. It's kind of blows my mind. I, me and my husband constantly um, are talking about when, when our kids are, my youngest is a little bit older, we're going to do our little European tour and um, come and visit all of you guys. <laughs> yes, we would love it. Well, maybe COVID will, will make traveling a little easier too, if we wait just a little bit longer, but we're coming, we're going to come and um, meet yeah, you guys in person and um and just really get to see the work that you're doing which is so exciting to me so all right everybody thank you so much for joining us for this interview and um helping uh welcome kirsten um and all of the knowledge that she has as a midwife there in switzerland and we're going to post some some notes in our podcast notes about how you can um connect if you happen to be in Switzerland or if you're a German speaking person and want to talk with somebody um, that is a specialist in this area that maybe speaks your native tongue, that's also an, a good option. And um, I just wanted to, you know, thank you guys for listening and check out what we're doing about diastasis recti awareness month for practitioners and for clients. We just really want to spread the information so that people can get the care that they need. And um, that's why we do this work. All right. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next time. Be well. Thank you for joining us today at the Tummy Team Journey podcast. 
The Tummy Team is committed to validating your story, providing you with relevant practical education to understand your body, and offering effective solutions to live the life you were meant to live. Check out thetummyteam.com to get more information about how we can help you specifically and see if one of our online programs is right for you. You can also follow the Tummy Team on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube to get tips, encouragement, and support. Thank you.